As Christians, it's important to understand why we do what we do. And yet so many of us are blindly following the crowd. We're putting the word of man above the word of God, and we're allowing tradition to reign in our hearts. Yet God has given us instruction as to how we should live through the Holy Scriptures. The Bible is not some novel just to be read. The Bible is our manual for life. God has told us who to worship, how to worship, and when to worship. In fact, that is the focus of today's episode. Is there a day that God has set aside for all of his children to gather and to glorify his name? Or does it not matter? Is it Sunday, which everyone points to? Or have we all been misled? Let's dive into the scriptures and uncover the truth about when God's day of worship is so that we can honor him according to his statutes and his commandments. Welcome to the Narrow Path series, a pod bringing Christians like you from around the world together to learn more about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and how to worship Him in truth and in spirit. Whether you've just been saved or you've grown up in a Christian home, this series will open your eyes to the false teachings and practices that have become rooted in society and are slowly pulling you away from the straight and narrow path. Join me, your host Courtney, as I dive into the scriptures to uncover the truth about what God expects from us as children and how we can walk towards Him in our daily lives. Welcome back to another episode of the Narrow Path series. I'd like to start us off today with a question. And that question is, when is the first day of the week? If I were to ask you that, what do you think you would say? I'm sure you would probably first scratch your head, maybe raise your eyebrow, and then my guess would be that you would tell me Monday. Why am I making that assumption? For a couple of reasons. One is because every single person I have ever asked that question to has said to me Monday. And two, because as a society, we have been conditioned to think about the week from the perspective of work. Monday is, for many of us, the first day of our work week, and so therefore, it is the first day of the actual week. Funny enough, though, that's actually not true. In fact, if you asked, say, an elementary age child, who knows a lot less than you and I, what day of the week is the first day, they would grin their silly, goofy little grin, look at you with bright eyes, and proudly say, Sunday is the first day of the week. Then they'd run off eating their popsicle and singing to themselves. You know, it's a little crazy, actually, to think that children know more about simple concepts such as calendars than adults do, but I guess that's what happens when we grow up. At any rate, the calendar we use today is called the Gregorian calendar. It was actually adopted back in the 1500s when it replaced a former, more inaccurate calendar known as the Julian calendar. And while the Gregorian calendar is the most widely used calendar around the world, there's still a lot of confusion for folks around which day of the week is considered the first day. Now, with that being said, the U.S., like many other countries, officially points to Sunday as being the first day of the week. The day is marked as such on all of our calendars. If you have one of those desk calendars with the beautiful pictures on them, go check it out for yourself or open up your computer or the calendar app on your phone and you will see that Sunday is in fact noted 
as the first day of the week. Okay, so I'm sure by now you're probably wondering to yourself, honestly, why does it matter when the first day of the week is? Well, it matters because the first day of the week tells us when the last day of the week is. And the last day of the week is known as the seventh day. Now, God has some very specific instructions for his children on the seventh day of the week. And if we don't know when that day actually is, then we could be missing out on what God expects from us. So let's turn to the scriptures to see what he says about this day. In Exodus chapter 20, we read, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work, thou nor thy son, nor thy daughter, thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger that is within thy gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. We learn through these verses that the seventh day of the week is not just your typical day. It's a special day. It is the Sabbath day, and it has been hallowed by the Lord, as we just read. We also learn that one of the Ten Commandments actually pertains to the Sabbath day. The commandment says to remember it, to keep that day holy. It's interesting that the Lord uses the word remember because through his foreknowledge, he knew that the Sabbath day would eventually become a day that would be corrupted, forgotten, and intentionally ignored by believers. It is also a day, though, that many churches fail to acknowledge as holy to their members. My mother actually once went to a ministry that held their worship on Sundays, and one day she decided to ask the leaders of that church why they don't worship on the Sabbath. Do you know what they told her? They said, oh, we know Sabbath is the day of worship, but it's just too difficult for our followers to observe. If we moved worship from Sunday to Sabbath, None of our members would continue to come because they have other obligations and because the worldly system is set up to support Sunday worship and not Sabbath worship. Think about it. Stores are all open on Saturdays, but they're not open on Sundays. Children's sporting events typically take place on Saturdays. I mean, everyone is just used to running errands on Saturdays and it's inconvenient to worship on that day. But don't worry. We know in our hearts that Sabbath is the day of the Lord. When I heard that story, I told my mom to run as fast as she could away from that ministry. You can't call yourself a child of God, and you certainly cannot claim to be a ministry of the Lord if you choose not to follow his commandments. Remember, wide is the gate that leadeth to destruction, but narrow is the gate that leadeth to salvation and life, and few there be that find it. Nobody said that being a child of God in today's world would be easy, and that's why the scriptures say that we must strive to enter into the kingdom of heaven. The verses we just read also point to how we are expected to worship God on his Sabbath day. It is supposed to be a day of rest. That means no going to the office, no emails, no work calls, no nothing. Six days God made the heaven and earth, but on that seventh day he rested. So as his children, we're supposed to mirror that rest in our own lives. God also uses the word holy to describe the Sabbath day. It is a feast day. We are to worship God and to give him honor and glory. We are to sing praises to his holy name. We are to read his word. We are to have fellowship with our brothers and sisters in Christ, and we are to spend time doing his work. 
It's the one day out of the week that God actually ordains for all of his children to come together and to worship him. Exodus chapter 31 verse 16 goes on to further describe the Sabbath day as it says, Wherefore the children of Israel shall keep the Sabbath, to observe the Sabbath throughout their generations, for a perpetual covenant. That means we are expected to observe the Sabbath forever. In Malachi chapter 3 verse 6 we read, For I am the Lord, I change not. God requires his children today to follow that same commandment he gave to the Israelites back in the Old Testament. It is a perpetual covenant. It is permanent. And Jesus himself honored the Sabbath. Let's not forget about that. Throughout the New Testament, Jesus chose to keep the Sabbath day, to use it to teach in the synagogues, as it says in Luke chapter 4, verse 16. And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. Jesus even referred to himself as the Lord of the Sabbath in the books of Matthew and Luke. There is no instance recorded throughout the entire Bible where Jesus ever once hinted at the fact that the Sabbath day was not a commandment or that the Sabbath day was no longer important or that it should even be done away with. So if our Lord and Savior kept the Sabbath and acknowledged that it was a commandment given to us by God as a perpetual covenant, then why would we not continue to honor it today? I'm sure some of you are sitting there saying, wait, if Saturday is the actual day of the week, which we are supposed to worship God, then what about Sunday? Where did that come from? I thought that everyone went to church on Sunday. Isn't that when you put on your Sunday best? Isn't that when Chick-fil-A closes? Sunday, 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 that's all we ever hear about. Yeah, Sunday is ultra popular as a day of worship for many people, which, to be honest, I find really strange considering we just looked at the facts, which point to Sunday as the first day of the week and not the seventh day of the week, and the fact that the Bible commands us to worship on the seventh day. So what's the deal with Sunday worship? Well, what we need to understand is that Sunday worship is actually rooted in paganism. The actual day, Sunday, It's named after the sun. It has Egyptian ties of worshiping the sun god Ra. In fact, Sunday worship was passed down from the Egyptians to the Romans in the 4th century, when the Christian church had established itself as the official faith of the Roman Empire. The church, which again today is known as Catholicism, merged itself with pagan practices and beliefs, just in order to blend into Roman society and to gain more followers. Of course, the Catholic Church uses excuses as to why they worship on Sunday instead of on God's holy day. These excuses, though, you have to know, are solely to cover up the fact that their practices are in fact rooted in paganism. If you read the catechisms of the Catholic Church, you will learn that they even occasionally refer to their day of worship as the day of the sun. I know you're probably sitting there not believing me, but I encourage you, go research what I'm telling you and you will find the truth. The catechism goes on to refer to their worship as the day of the Lord rather than the Sabbath. In fact, they say it is, quote, expressly distinguished from the Sabbath. So the Catholic Church is not saying that the Sabbath is on Sunday. No, what they're saying is that they have intentionally chosen to move the day that they worship away from the Sabbath day and instead have decided to worship on the Sunday. It's kind of odd that the Catholic Church has made this declaration, considering that there is a ton of scriptural evidence pointing to the importance of the Sabbath. I mean, the Sabbath day is literally referenced in the New Testament 61 times. You know, we have to remember what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 17. Think not, 
that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from this law, till all be fulfilled. The commandment to remember the Sabbath day and to keep it holy should remain unchanged, as Jesus says. And I shared that scriptural verse with you because the Catholic Church is trying to say that it was okay for them to move the day of worship to Sunday. They're arguing that Jesus' death and resurrection was the completion of the old, and now we are in a new time. But Jesus never said that. He never pointed to such a decision. In fact, he said that he came not to destroy the law. And what is the law? The law is the commandments that God gave us. Jesus followed the commandments and he honored the Sabbath. Again, I stop and ask, why wouldn't we follow the example of our Lord and Savior? Instead, people are choosing to blindly follow a teaching that has changed God's law. Who gave the Catholic Church that authority to make such a decision? To say, oh, everything has been completed and now it's okay to move the Sabbath day to Sunday. Let's do that because, you know, I think that's something that God wants. You know who would have done that? The Pope. Because the Pope pretends to be the vicar of Christ, and he says that he represents God. But we all know that's not true. There's only one who can represent God, and that's Jesus Christ himself. So any decision to change God's law is an abomination. Now, I know when I speak with fellow Christians from time to time, and they hear that I observe the Sabbath day, they start to look really confused. And they often ask me, wait, isn't that a Jewish practice? The Israelites, or the Hebrews from the Old Testament, those people practiced the faith that is today considered Christianity. Not Catholicism, but Christianity. Of course, what adds fuel to the fire of confusion here is that today's Jewish religion does not at all reflect the faith represented by Abraham, Isaac, or Jacob, as demonstrated in the Old Testament. Today's Jewish beliefs reject Jesus as the Messiah and hold strong to the notion that the commandments and God's promises are solely for them as the, quote, chosen people. But in Galatians chapter 3, we read something totally different. We read that there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For ye are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you be Christ's, then you are of Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Paul explains that if you believe in Jesus, then you are an heir of the kingdom of heaven and you are born as one unto Abraham. So whatever God gave to the Israelites in the Old Testament, he also gives to us and expects us to follow them. Of course, then there are some who say, well, can I just worship God on any day? I mean, in the end, God sees my heart and that's enough, isn't it? That's actually what some branches of Christianity, in error, mind you, are teaching. They're saying, we have the freedom to choose any day we want to dedicate to God, and that will be enough to please him. No, I'm sorry, but no, that's wrong. Isaiah does not say that by resting on any day of the week of our choosing, we will be honoring God and keeping his commandment. In chapter 58, verse 13, Isaiah says, If thou turn away thy foot from the Sabbath, from doing my pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy of the Lord, honorable, and shalt honor him not doing thine own ways, nor finding thine own pleasure, nor speaking thine own words. Then shalt thou delight thyself in the Lord, and I will cause thee to ride upon the high places of the earth, and feed thee with the heritage of Jacob the father, for the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. We are expected to talk to God every day, 
just like we would our own father. We are expected to pray to him, to ask him for forgiveness, to have a relationship with him. These are all pieces of our spiritual lives. However, it is important that we all acknowledge there is a special day God reserved for his worship, and it is on the seventh day of the week. Why? What's the purpose of the Sabbath day anyways? Why does God care so much that we observe it from generation to generation? I'll tell you, the Sabbath day has many purposes, and they're all for you. One of those purposes are blessings. There are lots of examples throughout the scriptures where Jesus blessed people and healed them on the Sabbath day. He healed the man who had a withered hand on the Sabbath day in the book of Luke. He cured that woman who had been plagued with a sickness for 18 years on the Sabbath day in the book of Mark. In fact, each step of the way, Jesus actually had to fight against the false accusations brought against him by doubting Pharisees and Sadducees when he healed on the Sabbath day. But he continued because that day is a day for the children of God to receive blessings. Another purpose for the Sabbath day is for our spiritual refreshment. The Sabbath is for us to come before our Lord, to honor him and to praise him. It's when we can meditate on the word of God and really let our minds focus on our Savior Jesus. Spending that kind of quality time with God refreshes us spiritually and brings us closer to him. And that's important because the days of the week are filled with all kinds of distractions. While we should adopt the practice of reading our Bible on a daily basis and communing with our Father in heaven consistently, the Sabbath is when you allocate more time to just being with God without those distractions or without the pressures of day-to-day life. Give the worries of your job or that new car that you want to buy or that upcoming exam over to God and just allow yourself to have that spiritual rest that he wants for you. The Sabbath is also for physical rest too. I mean, think about it. Do you really think God needed to rest? I don't think so. In Genesis chapter 2 verse 1, the Lord tells us that he established a day of rest and sanctified it purposefully. This is, of course, after he created man, and man was God's last creation. The reason he rested on the seventh day was to give us an example. We need to follow that example because it is for our betterment. It was created so we can relieve ourselves from the labor we do every day. It's actually a gift from God to us. If we did not have this commandment, I'm sure most of us would just continue to push, push, push every single day of the week, and our bodies need that time to rest and to relax. In Mark chapter 2, verse 27, God says the Sabbath was made for the man and not man for the Sabbath. The last purpose of the Sabbath is to serve as a sign that you belong to the Lord. In Exodus chapter 31, verse 13, God tells us, speak thou also unto the children of Israel, saying, verily my Sabbaths ye shall keep, for it is a sign between me and you throughout your generations that he may know that I am the Lord that does sanctify you. You shall keep the Sabbath, therefore, for it is holy unto you. Everyone that defileth it shall surely be put to death. For whosoever do any work therein, that soul shall be cut off from among his people. Six days may work be done, but in that seventh day is the Sabbath of the rest. Holy to the Lord. Whosoever do any work in that Sabbath day he shall be surely put to death. Wherefore, the children of Israel shall keep the Sabbath to observe the Sabbath throughout their generations for a perpetual covenant. 
It is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. As children of God, we strive to enter into the kingdom of heaven. But there are many wolves in sheep's clothing out there telling us that Sunday is actually the day we should worship, or that it doesn't matter what day we worship, or that Sabbath is actually for the Jewish people. Those teachings and practices are very dangerous. As a child of the living God, you have to take time to read your Bible to know how to worship God in truth and in spirit, and as he has defined it. Not what you think he wants. God told us that the Sabbath day is the seventh day of the week. It is a commandment and should be observed from generation to generation. And it is a day to honor and to worship him as a sign between you and the Lord. Start to give the Sabbath day the respect it deserves in your life. Leave the things of pleasure and the things of the world behind and focus on Jesus. Sing praises, read your word, feast, pray, and be joyful. You have God in your heart and there is no treasure on earth that is more precious than that. Praise the Lord. That about wraps up today's episode. If you want to learn more, I encourage you to visit my ministry's website at www.hsapm.org. There you'll be able to read more sermons, Bible class studies, current day events, and prophecy. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Narrow Path series. And remember what Jesus said, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. But straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. I'll see you all next time.